Good evening and welcome once again to the digital campus of Newark United Pentecostal Church. In case any of you missed the announcement previously, we did not have Friday Night with Friends last night. So if you missed it then, you're with everybody else and there's no need to go looking for it on the internet. Uh, but we are broadcasting tonight and we are glad that you are here. Welcome to all of you new friends, old friends. Uh, I remember when my daughter was in Girl Scouts, they had a little uh, song that they sang, uh, make new friends, but keep the old. For One is silver and the other gold. So uh, new friends are valuable. The old friends are even more valuable. Glad to have you with us tonight as we are continuing, finishing up our study on healthy change. Now, uh, change is always a little bit scary. Most of us don't mind change if after it's all over, everything's still the same. But that does not always, in fact, it never happens. If it's changed, then something is going to be different. So we're looking into the Bible and following some characters and, and looking at situations where there has been change where there was change and that even though things were upsetting a little bit scary at times uh, problematic if we'll follow the lord the change though uncomfortable will result in good things for the people they affect and tonight we're going to be looking into the life of Abraham, uh, and he walked with God, ch making changes for a hundred years, starting at the age of 75. So if you're a little bit older, like I am, uh, don't be too afraid of change. God can make even uncomfortable things turn out to be good. We're going to use a lot of scripture tonight, just uh, a, a lot of it. And we're going to begin with an incomplete transition. Abraham was willing to change. At this point in his life, he's known as Abram. And he was willing to change, but not quite that much. He didn't go all the way to where the Lord wanted him to initially. And of course, that always causes problems. But fortunately, we have a patient God. Long-suffering is a King James Version term that is used. So we'll begin in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 31. Now, Terah is Abram's father. So when I begin this verse, you'll understand a little bit about where we are. One day, Terah took his son, Abram his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, the son of his son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. And then we go to Genesis 12, beginning with verse 1. And the Lord had said to Abram, 
had said, this was already a command to him. Uh, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. Skipping down to verse number four. So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he had taken into his household at Haran, and headed for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as Shechem. So he entered through the, from the north and began to head south. There he set up camp beside the oak of Moreh, and at that time, the area was inhabited by Canaanites. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to your descendants. And uh, Abram built an altar there and dedicated to it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord, and he, and he worshiped the Lord. Then Abram continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev. So he's, he's experiencing some change here. He has been a city dweller, and now he is becoming nomadic in his lifestyle, moving from place to place to place. Verse 10. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived as a foreigner. Now, I'm not going into all of the, the changes and all of the things that uh, transpired while he was in Egypt. Let's just say that he has left his home country. He's spent some time in Haran. Now he has traveled uh, long, long latitudinally, longitudinally, from north to south through the land of Canaan. And then because of uh, circumstances and circumstances can change things, he's gone to Egypt and he spends some more time there. So his life is change on top of change followed by change. And then from all of the things that happened in Egypt, his circumstances, changed again and Pharaoh gave him many, many gifts and said, go away. And so in uh, chapter 13, beginning with verse one, we read, so Abram left Egypt and traveled north into the Negev. This is the desert in the southern part of, of Canaan, along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. And parenthetically in verse two, Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Verse three, from the Negev, they continued traveling by stages toward uh, Bethel. They pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. This was the same place where Abram had built the altar, and there he worshiped the Lord again. So in the midst of his changing, he has circled back to a place that he had, he's familiar with it. Oh, 
Maybe my changing is over for a while. But that's not to be because the Lord had told him, leave your not only the city, but your father's family, your relatives, and there is his nephew Lot traveling with him. And Abram was rich, but also somewhere along the line, Lot became rich. And wealth changes things. Verse number five, Lot, who was traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and many tents. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. And there's the problem. They were too close. Lot wasn't even supposed to be in the land. And uh, so the, the land couldn't support them. And so disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. And parenthetically again, at that time, Canaanites and parasites, parasites were also living in the land. And uh, finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives, which was in relation to what God had told him to do was part of the problem. So uh, in verse uh, uh, chapter 13, verse 11, Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Now, those of you who are familiar with scripture know that that's going to turn into a problem for Lot. Uh, and by extension, it will turn into a problem for Abram. Uh, many times in, in my ministry, I've had a phone call that a phone call changed all of my plans. Everything I had scheduled went out the window because something major had happened and everything changed. We find that same kind of thing, of course, not with a telephone call, uh, but something happened that caused a great change in the life of Abram. Uh, some kings banded together and attacked the cities of the plain. Genesis 14, 12, they had captured Lot. They also captured Lot, Abram's nephew, who lived in Sodom and carried off everything he owned. But one of Lot's men escaped and reported everything to Abram the Hebrew, who was living near the oak grove belonging to Mamre the Amorite. Mamre and his relatives, Eshcol and Anar, uh, were Abram's allies. So this family tragedy now has become a personal tragedy for Abram. And he's gotten word that his settled life here is about to be at least temporarily disrupted. Verse 14, when Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized the 318 trained men 
who had been born into his household. Then he pursued Kedileomar's army until he caught up with them at Dan. I'll not read all the scriptures, but Abram's army prevailed and he liberated not only Lot, but many, many prisoners that had been taken. On his way back, he ran into Melchizedek. That was another change, but we're not going to talk so much about that tonight because there are others that we are going to. Uh, in fact, in chapter number 16, beginning with verse number one, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. This was a, a, an acceptable practice in that day and in that society. Verse three, so Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as a wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. And I've always wondered if he had picked up Hagar as a servant during his time there in Egypt, so that instead of staying in the land where God had told him to go, he went to the land of Egypt and there may have gotten this servant one way or another who later became such a, a uh, bunch of sand in the gears, if you will, of the peace and smooth flowing of Abram's family. So in chapter 16, verse 15, we read, So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. And uh, that caused problems, friction in the family, difficulties because these two women could not get along. And we are still seeing some of the ramifications, uh, I believe, of that fuss fight between those two women way back there 4,000 years ago. And there are some changes that we don't expect them to be changes because they're so unlikely. In Genesis 18, the Lord and two angels dropped in for dinner. And uh, beginning with verse number one, the Lord appeared again to Abram, or now his name is Abraham. It's been changed in between verse chapter 16 and chapter 18. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day, Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent during the hottest part of the day. And uh, these men, what he thought were men, showed up to be hospitable. He began to prepare a meal for them, welcomed them to his encampment. Verse 9, one of them asked, where is Sarah, your wife? Now, her name has also been changed. The visitors asked, and, uh, she's inside the tent, Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Now, Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, 
And Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself uh, and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Well, it is a little unlikely that a woman who is almost 90 years old could uh, have, a, have a baby. Verse number 16, then the men got up. Well, let me, let me go back to, to where I was on that other one because that this that I'm about to read gives you another change. But just imagine with you with me, if you will, uh, Abraham is 99 years old. And Sarah is 89 years old. When the baby's born, Abraham's going to be 100. Sarah's going to be 90. And can you imagine with me them walking into the a Canaanite equivalent of a major hospital in that day. And you see this elderly couple coming into the front door and they head to the receptionist desk and, and uh, Abraham says, young lady, could you tell us where? And he doesn't get any farther because of the, the young lady who is there at the desk, the volunteer, she, you know, she could be in retirement age herself, but uh, in relation to Abraham and Sarah, she's a young lady. And she says, uh, oh, you'll find the geriatric department right down this hall to the left. And Abraham says, no, 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 you don't understand. We're not here to, for geriatric appointment. We're here for the Lamaze class. Oh, yeah, there's some changes, some surprises that God has for his people. Sometimes you may think you're too young for something. Sometimes you may think you're too old. But if you serve our God, oh, you don't know what kind of change may happen. Up until this point, as far as Abraham and Sarah were concerned, all they had running around their tent was a picket fence. But now they're going to have a little boy of their own. They're going to have a promised child. So in uh, chapter 18 and uh, going to verse 16, uh, dinner's over. And these folks, these three visitors are leaving, heading towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And then the men got up from the meal and looked out towards Sodom. As they left, Abraham went with them to send them on their way. Good southern hospitality as uh, he's uh, going with them part way. And uh, should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked, for Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have singled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So the Lord told Abraham, I have heard the great outcry from Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so flagrant. I'm going down to see if their actions are as wicked as I have heard. 
If not, I want to know. The other men turned uh, and headed towards Sodom, but the Lord remained with Abraham. And Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away both the righteous and the wicked? And at that point, Abraham begins to do negotiation. If, if there are 50 righteous people in the city, will they, will they be destroyed too? And the Lord tells him, if, there, if I can find 50 righteous people, I'll, I'll spare the cities. Well, how about if they're just 45? And so the bargaining begins. And 40, 30, 20, 10. And you notice that the Lord did not stop yielding until Abraham stopped asking. And the Lord said, if I find 10 righteous people, then I'll spare the cities. Chapter 19 of Genesis, beginning with verse 27. I'm going to skip everything that happened in the destruction of, of those cities of the plain. Verse 27, Abraham got up early that morning and hurried out to the place where he had stood in the Lord's presence. He looked out across the plain towards Sodom and Gomorrah and watched as columns of smoke rose from the cities like smoke from a furnace. But God had listened to Abraham's request and kept Lot safe, removing him from the disaster that engulfed the cities on the plain. Here's an interesting thing that Abraham saw the smoke, but there was no texting. There was no ham radio. There was nothing anywhere near our modern communications. So he didn't know what had happened a lot. All he knew was that the Lord was not able to find 10 righteous people in a city. Maybe he found out later, but that was a change that he had to wrestle with. Lots of changes. Lots of changes. You see, Lot would not have been in those cities, most likely, if Abraham had left him in Haran instead of taking him with him. We need to be careful about changing God's plan, God's way of doing things. Now, in Genesis chapter 21-1, we go back to the story from Genesis 18. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. You can depend on God's promises. If he gives you a time, that time will be the exact time that it comes. Of course, so often 
the Lord just tells us what's going to happen and then leaves the fulfillment date or the delivery date blank. And there's no way to get on Amazon's uh, tracker and find out when the promise is going to be fulfilled. But, uh, Genesis 21, beginning with verse 5, Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse a baby? Yet I have given Abraham a son in his old age. Now she's 90, but he's the old man. Uh, when Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a huge feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham and her Egyptian servant, Hagar, making fun of her son, Isaac. Now, if you want to stir up a mama bear, just start poking at one of her cubs. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, get rid of that slave woman and her son. He's not going to share the inheritance with my son, Isaac. I won't have it. And so more change is coming. Verse 11, this upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. But God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you, for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Uh, it's easy to look at this and, and read the story and say, well, that's what he did. And uh, that's just the way it was. But sometimes change is gut-wrenching. Now, it turned out well. Ishmael was not there to further bedevil Isaac and cause problems for him. But it's a it's a tough thing for some changes that come in our lives and come in our families. In Genesis 22, beginning with verse 1, uh, one of the, now, Abraham is somewhere between 100 and 137. You say, well, Brother Moss, that's a, that's a wide range. Well, it is a wide range, but that's as close as I can come to pinning it down. We do know that, that Isaac is old enough, big enough, that he can carry wood. So, so he's, not a, he's not a toddler when all of this happens. And he could have been as much as 37 years old. I always see the pictures of of Isaac in, in this represent, representing this particular story as a, as a young child. But there's a possibility that this could have been, we don't know, but it could have been that he was as old as 37 years, which would make it even more of a sacrifice that here's this young man in his prime and he is submitting to his father, who's a hundred, as much as 137 years old. But verse one, 
Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called him. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains where, that I will show you. Verse 9, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. I'm, I'm in verse 15 now and now 16. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your son, your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. All because you have obeyed me. You say, well, that was, that was quite something and to put Abraham through. And, and I thought, Abraham knew everything, or the Lord knew everything already. But this demonstration not only gave proof for the Lord, it gave proof to Abraham that he really was willing to obey the Lord and trust him that even though Isaac died, that the Lord was able to raise him back up. And in Genesis chapter 23, verse 1, when Sarah was 127 years old. She died at Kirjath Arba, now called Hebron, in the land of Canaan. There Abraham mourned and wept for her. Another change. Sometimes our changes are, are tragic. They leave us broken. God had plans for Abraham. God had things that Abraham was going to experience all his life. And he just went from one change to another change to another change. And now we know Abraham as the father of the faithful. Because through all of the changes, he stayed faithful. In Genesis 25, 19, this is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the, uh, the Aramean, from Padanaram, and the sister of Laban, the uh, Aramean. Oh, boy, I messed those names up. But uh, Isaac was 40 years old before he married 
That means his, his mother was already dead before he married. Genesis 25, I'll, I'll close out with this, beginning with verse 1. Abraham married another wife whose name was Keturah. She gave birth to Zimran, Chokshan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Abraham gave everything he owned to his son Isaac. But before he did, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to a land in the east away from Isaac. Abraham lived for 175 years, and he died at a ripe old age, having lived a long and satisfying life. With all of the tragedies, with all of the changes, with all of that, he lived a satisfying life. He breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite. Changes, changes, changes. But oh, what a life he lived for God. We're facing changes and we're going to face more. But if you'll just stay faithful, you can live a long and fulfilling life. You can be blessed of God as well. Now, before you leave, let me ask you to stick around just a little bit longer. There's an ad for our children's ministry. God bless you. <music>